Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, report were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. This year, I want to grow vegetables I can actually eat. I talk with Kat about watering and soil. I even suggested she plant beans because they release nitrates that nourish the soil. Ace is the place to learn beans really are the magical fruit. Now through Monday only, print out the coupon at acehardware.com and get 25% off one regular priced item under $50. Offer valid through May 9th at participating stores. Limit one exclusions apply. See coupon. Must present coupon to redeem offer. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, America's most exciting radio talk show, The Savage Nation. Talk radio for the thinking person, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is. Michael Savage. Say goodbye to the saxophone. Say goodbye to rock and roll. Say goodbye to America. Say goodbye to European American extreme and extreme beauty because the mobs are here. Exactly what you feared has happened. The Mexican thugs have invaded America. The Mexican thugs chased down Trump supporters like animals. The Mexican thugs beat up women. The Mexican thugs were supported by the San Jose mayor. A female was pelted with eggs. Mexican flags were waved in your country. Yes, my friends, it's down to what I predicted and stopped the coming civil war. Trump supporters terrorized by mobs, says the Drudge Report, but that's only the beginning of it. Many of you know what happened yesterday in a land that was once a land of free speech. By letting in people from countries where there is no history of democracy, no history of freedom, no history of fairness, what you have let in is the lowest level of that society. And that lowest level never, ever comes up to the level of the society. What it does is it drags the society down to their low level. I'm not going to mince words. I'm going to tell you like it is. This is the savage nation. The country is fundamentally in a civil war right now. I wrote a book called Stop the Coming Civil War because I saw this coming. Now, i got to tell you something. If Hillary Clinton wins, this is the most important election in American history. We all know that. We have one chance. As flawed as he is, Donald Trump is our only chance to save America. I said that from the beginning I told you that's why I supported him. There were those in talk radio who wrapped themselves in the flag and in Ronald Reagan and the Constitution who tried every way they could to destroy Donald Trump. Now, of course, they're making believe they're for Donald Trump. But they're as much the problem, the mainstream, functional Republican operatives, 
as are the illegal aliens. They've done the damage already. Everything they said about Trump is now being said by the illegal aliens. But let's put aside the enemy within. Let's put aside the fifth column, which operates inside the Republican Party. They cannot take back their words. Nor will I forget their words, nor should you forget their words, no matter how they wrap themselves in patriotism. I wrote Stop the Coming Civil War, My Savage Truth. That was before Government Zero. And in that book, I warned you that what is happening right now at Trump rallies would be happening across America. I said the nation is in real trouble and the seeds of a second conflagration have been sown. Of course, this was sown by the deceiver-in-chief in the White House, the most dangerous trickster in the history of America. And I wrote that it will not be a war of bullets and blood, but one of commitment to freedom and courage of conviction. There is no longer any chance for political discussion in this country. The split between right and left is irreparable. And what is happening now is what I predicted for 20 years in my message of borders, language, and culture. And I've tried to galvanize every liberty-loving American and warn the enemies of our way of life that difficult as the path ahead may be, the time has come, the facts are clear, the line must be drawn. Now, I cut my teeth on radio, exposing the political left's goals, tactics, and actions as they attempted to tilt the country's axis ever closer to violent socialism. And in this book and in Government Zero, I laid out my beliefs about what leftists in our government do not want you to know, connecting the dots between their many frightening moves and raising the not-so-obvious issues they do not want discussed. I asked why have so many of our top military commanders been summarily pushed aside by Obama after years of brave service. I asked is the falsification of records by Veterans Administration personnel covering up the horrific neglect of our brave soldiers. I said was that a sign of what's to come to the average American senior in particular with Obamacare. I asked how is Obama's irresponsible foreign policy not just weakening us in Russia, China and the Middle East but actually endangering our security at home. I asked, what does it mean for our freedom and our way of life that negligent immigration law enforcement allows violent illegal aliens to cross the southern border into our country with little fear of penalty? I wrote it and stopped the coming civil war. It is a no-holds-barred tale as gripping as any movie script in which some superhero or secret agent saves the day. But according to me, true patriots are the only ones who are the superheroes who can save the country. My friends, we are here now. We are facing either the end of America or the beginning of America. Hillary Clinton, if she becomes president, will seize your weapons. She will eliminate the Second Amendment one way or the other. I'll lay it out for you. I'll make it very simple. I'll make it simple so that even the dummies out there can follow me. One, guns will be taken away. She'll make it illegal either through ammunition or registration. Your guns will be seized. Guns will be criminalized. Two, she will criminalize speech. Talk radio will disappear. She will pass it under the guise of Fairness and Communications Act, and I will be gone, as will everyone else who dares to speak the truth to these left-wing fanatic vermin. That's number two. If you think the Internet will be a refuge, you are mistaken. Hillary Clinton and her illeg illegitimate cohorts will criminalize the Internet, as has been done in Europe under the dictator Merkel, and as is being done around the world by the greedy pig uh, who owns Facebook. Never forget that the Internet giants get away with tax evasion. And as a result, 
they cater to the criminal thugs who run not only the Western democracy, so to speak, but the United States of America. The reason that the criminal thugs, for example, in Google are allowed in and out of the White House is quite clear. They're a useful tool of Barack Obama and the illegitimate left. And so if you dare criticize uh, Mexican illegal violence, well, that will be, I guess, a crime under Hillary Clinton. And so that's why I say it's either Trump or nothing. We have nothing left. I saw what happened. I watched the video. I saw the Mexican thugs waving their ugly Mexican flag in my country. I saw them burning an American flag. I saw the rat San Jose mayor justifying the violence. I saw them beating up women. I saw them punching people. I saw them chasing people. I saw them jumping on police cars and the police were told to stand down while the laughing, thuggish Mexican criminals went wild in the streets. This is what leftism is right in front of your eyes. Now, what you may say is, you're a person in the middle. You're not a Republican. You're not a Democrat. And you don't know what to do as a result of seeing the violence by the Mexicans and the others on the far left. Now, the logical thing would be, hey, I don't like Trump, but at least this guy might protect us from these mobs. He'll build a wall and he'll throw these out of the country. He will throw these violent uh, street protesters where they belong, which is south of the border. Just dump them there. Fly them there and leave them in the desert for all I care. Because if we don't take control of our nation, we've lost our nation. Europe is going, going, and is almost gone because they wouldn't deport the violent Islamists they were bringing in. Well, I've warned you that not every Mexican who comes here works in a restaurant peacefully or mows your lawn or does your laundry. I warned you that they were letting gangs in here. And now these gangs have been loosed upon those of us who wish to see a Republican, Donald Trump, win the election. Now, we know that they didn't organize themselves. The real question is who organized them. The answer is quite clear. They are George Soros front groups. George Soros is an international war criminal, in my estimation, who, when Donald Trump becomes president, God willing, will be hunted down by Interpol and turned over to the nearest federal police and arrested and his assets investigated. But that's a long, long way from now. He is agitating. He is funding these mobs. He wants them to riot. And the, the rioting is meant to do one thing. Make no mistake about it. The rioting is meant to scare you into voting for the Harrod and criminal Hillary Clinton. The rioting is made you to, is to make you think that it's the Trump supporters who are causing the violence rather than the Mexican mobs along with their communist cohorts. So I've given you a dire picture of the future. It's not pleasant for me to do so. But the fact of the matter is this nation is in a civil war right now. Uh, don't tell me who started the civil war because it doesn't matter. You can finger point all you want. All you got to know is you're in it and you're not going to be left untouched by it. The phone number is 855-407-282. If you get a comment on this in any way you would like, go ahead. Go ahead. It's a rock and roll Friday. But if you think you're going to escape the violence of the Mexican invaders, you're mistaken. What you saw happening in San Jose last night is coming to a neighborhood near you. And if you think you're safe in your little suburban house, you are safe for a moment. But it's only a snapshot in history. Because if these mobs are not stopped at the Trump rallies, they'll be knocking your door down and taking you out in the middle of the night. I'll be right back. 
Join the Savage Nation. Call now, 855-400-SAVAGE, 855-400-7282. Savage. My 77 WABC. But I do think that the TV culture, the reality culture, contributes to this. Because what happens at talk radio culture, what happens is that politicians get the most attention, the more outrageous they sound. And so if you're civil and quiet and polite, nobody covers you. But if you say something crazy or rude, you're all over the news. And that has all right, turn fed, it off. Oh, you I get think, the picture. He is the smoothest liar in the history of any political movement I've ever seen in the world. Remember, if he was loud and boisterous, he would have been dismissed for what he is, a far-left uh, agitator. But they polished him very carefully for many years as the candidate of the left. It started way back in Honolulu. I, I think I know the family that found him. I won't mention their name on the show. I think I know the rich family that found Obama when he was a high school student. And they realized he had the perfect looks and the perfect persona to invade America and convert us into a semi-socialist, semi-communist uh, nation. I told you that that uh, he would eventually use the mobs in the streets as his uh, brown shirts, the thugs. I didn't. I t- how many times have I told you that? Just as Hitler had thugs in the streets, they weren't allowed to have guns in Germany, so they used clubs, and they intimidated people in the streets, as are the Mexican and the communist mobs in America, now beating people up in the streets. And I know what's coming next. I've studied history. I know exactly what's coming next. What's coming next is what happened in Germany. There's going to be squads created on the right. They will be the tattooed men who are now in prisons who come out. They will be the mixed martial artists. They will be the boxers. They'll be the, they'll be the Hells Angels. They will be the motorcycle gangs. They are going to start to organize as the protectors of uh, the middle class, and they will be at these rallies to protect the people from these Mexican and communist mobs. I didn't say I want it to happen. Don't blame me, but that's what's going to happen. It's history repeating itself. Remember and never forget that Hitler, who never should have originated in Germany, should have died at birth. Let me be very clear on that. Hitler was a reaction to communist mobs in Germany. It's a very uncomfortable thing to have to say. But if you actually study the history of Germany, rather than the revisionist history of Germany, you will see that what was going on in Germany, in some ways, not of course, thank God, in all ways, mimicked what's going on in America now politically. The communists were out of control. Street mobs, the equivalent of Occupy movement, uh, were raging in the streets with clubs, beating up people who protested their, their communist policies. In other words, the Bernie supporters in Hitler's time were raging out of control. The people were scared. And so the right-wing squads appeared. They were much tougher. Many of them were ex-veterans. And they frankly went in the streets and beat the hell out of the communists. They intimidated them. It got bloody and it got worse. And then, of course, the rest is history. I warned you this day would come. I told you I didn't want it to come. I told you the right answer was the ballot box. I told you. I warned you to no avail because no man can really stop the tide of human history. It's like trying to stop a a tidal wave. Can't do it. I'm not Moses. I can't part the Red Sea. 
I can stand before a tidal wave, but it's still going to swamp us. This tidal wave is upon us. You can blame anybody you want, but I know what's coming next. And frankly, I know what the only hope is. I don't know that Trump could win. I think if it was a fair election and the illegals were not allowed to vote, I think if Obama was arrested immediately for violating the Constitution and violating maybe 15 different laws, if he was stopped right now and the illegals were stopped at the border through an emergency act by Congress, by reinstating every law in the land and start the deportations now and impose uh, voter ID laws, we could save America. But remember what this devil in the White House has done. He has fought every attempt to protect the sacred nature of the vote, the thing that the Eddies died for going back war after war. They died for one reason, and it wasn't to put transgendered in the bathrooms. That's not what they died for. And look at what Obama's spending his, his political capital on. He's spending it on putting grown men in little girls' rooms. Think about the imbalance of this, the imbalance of this psychotic Listen to clip 13 as this very dangerous man, who I am convinced is mentally imbalanced, says things about grown men in little girls' rooms while the country is literally going up in smoke. Clip 13, please. I, I, I have profound respect for everybody's religious beliefs on this. But if you're at a public school, the question is, how do we just make sure that... Uh, children are treated with kindness. That's all. And, and, you know, my reading of Scripture tells me that that golden rule is pretty high up there in terms of my Christian belief. Now, which golden rule is that, that grown men with beards should be allowed in little girls' rooms? I'm going to search the Holy Scriptures this weekend and see if I can find that golden rule. Can anyone find that golden rule somewhere in the Bible? I mean, he's an expert in his Christian beliefs. Uh, I didn't know that he was such a devout Christian, but I wouldn't doubt his word. He's so honest on everything else. I looked at Genesis. I couldn't find that golden rule where thou shalt put grown men with beards in little girls' rooms. I, I, I read all of Genesis over the years. I read Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges. I read Samuel 1, Samuel 2, the first Kings, the second Kings. I read Isaiah, I read Jeremiah, I read Ezekiel, I read Hosea, I read Joel, I read Amos, I read Jonah, I read the five books of Moses. I didn't find that golden rule. Is it a certain golden rule that he wrote somewhere that I don't know about? Where grown men with beards are allowed in little girls' rooms? Join the Savage Nation. Call now, 855-400-SAVAGE, 855-400-728. this great nation. Well, I tell you what, I'm going to go to the scriptures because Obama cited the scripture to defend putting grown men with beards in little girls' rooms because I think the scriptures have an answer for us. It's in Jeremiah and other places. But Jeremiah wrote, I brought you into a land of fruitful fields to eat the fruit thereof and the good thereof. But when you entered, you defiled my land and made my heritage an abomination. I think you can pretty much figure out what drug, sex, and rock and roll has done to the morality of the United States of America. 
And so there are some left in the country who see the truth and don't wait and speak out. And they are punished for it. They are crucified for it in every way you can imagine. They are ostracized. They are rejected. And yet they keep speaking. Now, why do they do that? Again, Jeremiah said, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. And before you came out of the womb, I sanctified thee. I have appointed you a prophet unto the nation. And then I said, But Lord, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child. For to whomsoever I shall send thee, thou shalt go. And whosoever I shall command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of them, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. It's times like these that make you understand either you go back to your heritage or you lose it altogether. And so you don't even know what your heritage is. If you're Jewish, you don't even know what the Bible is. Many of you Jews think that uh, Judaism means humanism. Yeah, that was taught to you in the 60s or 70s. Oh, I don't know. That old stuff don't mean anything. Uh, to me, being a Jew means being nice to other people. Really? How's that working out for the Jews of France who are nice to their Muslim friends and being driven out of their neighborhoods? They're fleeing France, just as you're going to flee your own community one day unless you steal yourself first. See, it starts with you. Don't look outside because no one's going to help you. Don't look outside yourself. You have to make yourself a person of steel first, and all else will follow. You have to steal yourself. You understand what I'm saying to you? Don't, don't look outside for anyone to come save you. There's no one there to save you. Nobody. It's you, my friend. You are now on the barricades. The vermin on the left have broken down the barricades. They're out of control. They're rioting. This is nothing in San Jose. This is just a, a symptom of the bigger problem, and that's just the beginning of what they're going to do. It's going to be a very long, hot summer, and it's going to be hotter after the summer. And these people who are being funded by the billionaires like George Soros uh, are just a symptom of the bigger problem around the world, which I've explained to you over and over again and try to explain in, in Government Zero. But, I mean, we can focus on one issue, one event, the San Jose rally, where these violent Mexicans and communists beat up Trump supporters attacked the police, and the mayor looked the other way and then had the nerve to blame the uh, people who supported Donald Trump. Now, the mayor, of course, should be arrested. It's not for free speech. The mayor should be arrested for dereliction of duty and for encouraging violence against peaceful people. That's if we had a legitimate government, the mayor of, of San Jose, and I hope he's listening on KSFO here in San Francisco. You, my friend, committed several crimes. You, Mr. Mayor of San Jose, should be arrested for aiding and abetting riots. It's a violation of federal law, by the way, to encourage riots against a federal, uh, an individual who's running for the presidency. You committed a crime. The mayor of San Jose had the nerve to blame Trump for the violence in his own city. And his name is quite clear. Uh, we'll get his name in a minute. I forget his name. Who no, Never heard of him. Another nobody that, here, yeah, Licardo, Mr. Licardo. Mr. Licardo says at some point Donald Trump needs to take responsibility for the irresponsible behavior of his campaign. No, Mr. Licardo, you committed a federal crime. You, you broke many state laws, and you should be arrested immediately by the FBI, in my opinion. But we don't have a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. We have a government of the illegitimate left and for the illegitimate left. For now, we do. We'll see what happens in, in November. 
If you care to comment, I don't know what to say to you. I mean, I've said it all. What can you say that I haven't said so far? What can you add to this? Woman cornered, eggs thrown at her by the Mexicans wearing bandanas and waving Mexican flags in the United States of America. But they didn't commit a crime, according to Mayor Licardo. The woman committed a crime by going to show her support for Donald Trump. According to Mayor Licardo, Trump supporter Debbie Tracy, a Navy veteran from San Jose, uh, committed a crime because she wanted to hear her candidate speak. It wasn't the Mexicans with the flags intimidating and beating up uh, uh, poor innocent people. No, no, it was the women who went to support Trump. He has huge support amongst women because they're frightened. They are rightly so frightened in America by the mobs that Obama has unleashed upon us. And they, f they feel that Trump will put these mobs in their place. Uh, those who were here illegally will be deported, probably within 30 days. Those who were here illegally but committing crimes will be punished for their crimes. This is what's going to happen, and they know it. That's why they're rioting. So you have to ask yourself, why does a guy like a billionaire like George Soros and the other billionaires, why do they support the violent, illegitimate mobs? It's really simple. I've tried to tell you this for years, because if you're paying attention to the violence committed by the Mexicans in this case, or by the Occupy movement in another case, or the LGBT violent crowds in another case, you're not paying attention to the billions uh, that are being stolen uh, on the green rackets and other rackets that they're conducting. They're conducting rackets that greatly dwarf the crimes of the original mafia in this country. They have so superseded the amount of money being stolen under federal grants without, without p raising a pistol or hurting a, a soul. They can steal billions of dollars a month without you knowing about it because you're focused on the mobs in the streets. You see how this works? Now you understand why people like Nancy Pelosi says, go out there and be a disturber. Now, why would a woman so rich as Nancy Pelosi tell mobs at UC Berkeley last year, go out and be a disturber? Why would a rich woman who lives on Pacific Heights tell mobs to be a disturber? Why? What does she want mobs to be disturbers for? Why does Feinstein... And hubby, why are they in favor of the disturbers? Aren't they? Isn't she a senator? Isn't she concerned about illegitimate mobs in the streets, Mrs. Feinstein? And her husband, whatever his name is, uh, Richard something or other. I don't remember his name. Richard, who knows? Who knows? Does very good business, that man. If there's a war on, he makes vests uh, for the military that are defective, so I read. If there's money to be made with China, he makes the deals with China. And he has an inside track, they say. He knows when the deals are going to come down, but that's not a crime in America. The only crimes are those committed by those of us who don't write the laws. There are no other crimes. You can write a law about anything if you want. So soon, talk radio, if, if the witch of Warwick gets elected, I told you what's coming. First the gun. No, first it'll be talk radio. This is the number one enemy of the illegitimate left. I am the number one enemy of the illegitimate left, Michael Savage. And they've tried to stop me many times. And things are happening right now, and I know it's all political, that I cannot disclose. But one day I'll disclose with the names why these things are happening. You'll see that in certain cities where I'm number one in the market, they're taking me off the air anyway, not because my ratings aren't high. I'm the number one on the station. Why are they removing me? Well, politics, my friend. That's their prerogative. They could put a loser on who doesn't threaten anybody. They don't care. They're pushing the agenda. 
And so that's what happens. But there's always the Internet. There's always uh, the written word. There are always options in every city. So I'm not concerned about it right now. I'm giving you an example. I'm on the front lines of what's going on in this country. So first they're going to come for freedom of speech. As you can see, the vermin on the I'm, excuse me, I don't use the word vermin because it's a loaded word from uh, the Third Reich. I will not use the word vermin about the left anymore. I'll use the word salenterate. It's a classier word. Uh, it means worm, in case you haven't yet gone to high school. The salenterates on the left, many of whom are highly educated, have wormed their way into the universities. And first they claimed, oh, please let us in. We're just victims. We're LGBT victims. We just want treatment fairness. Now, who's leading the mobs? Take a look at who's leading the mobs. Have you seen the vicious-looking tattooed girls? Have you seen them? Along with the other folks who can't keep up with the studies. So they're claiming that the studies themselves are racist and homophobic. Shakespeare, of course, is now a threat because it requires, I would say, a high school education in order to read Shakespeare. But since the University of California, for example, lets people in who in my day wouldn't have passed the fifth grade, let alone be uh, allowed into the University of California, they can't read English. I uh, have a friend who went to an ophthalmologist, uh, an MD. I don't know where he got his medical degree from, maybe the University of Calcutta. I don't really know how he passed the boards. I don't know. He went to his ophthalmologist, and he said the man can't write a sentence in English. He can hardly speak a word of English. I hear students who send me notes saying that professors that are being hired from the Middle East or from Africa do not speak English. They can't speak a sentence in English. They're flooding the universities. They've turned them into towers of Babel. And if a man of Caucasian heritage, or you want to put it another way, European-American, if you want to put it that way, speaks out, he's called every name under the sun, racist, homophobic. So it was led by the radical feminists and the gays. They started the, the absolute assault upon the universities under the guise of tolerance and fairness. And now we've reached a point where only their point of view is permitted to be heard. That's not a country I will live in. It's not a country I will let you live in. And I will tell you right now, you better stand up right now or you're going to have nothing left. You look at your child if you have one. You want that child to live in a fascist dictatorship? That's what's emerging. After almost eight years of this psychotic bully in the White House, we have almost lost freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, and God knows what other freedoms we are losing on a daily basis. And that's why I want him to build that wall. I want that wall built, and I want the illegals deported, every last one of them. I don't care if it takes 10 years to get them out of the country. If they're here illegally, I want them gone. There is no compromise anymore. They have declared war upon America. You know, there was a time about six to nine months ago where I said live and let live. You know that. Didn't I tell you that? Didn't I talk about how wonderful so many of these immigrants were and uh, how hard they work? Well, they do. Well, unfortunately... Uh, they have families at home, and the families are large, and the families don't work, by and large, and they're wards of the state. It's unsupportable. And so no nation can survive an unsupportable economic reality. No nation has ever survived an unsupportable economic reality, and there is only one solution. And that solution is that the taxpayers, those who work so hard to support themselves, have to say I'm no longer willing to support freeloaders in my society. And that's it. It's simple. Not that complicated. doesn't require an encyclopedia to finish the rest of the sentence. Uh, illegal go home. That's all. Passing in front of a wall of protesters, many chanting in Spanish, 
She said she supported Trump's call for a wall along the U.S.-Mexico border. She said, I'll go help build the wall because if you're going to come to this country, land of opportunity, you should be here legally, she said. So the battle lines have been drawn. The mobs have been unleashed. The money is flowing in from the illegitimate billionaires who are robbing nations blind in order to fund these leftist riots around the world. And I'll be right back. Join the Savage Nation. Call now, 855-400-SAVAGE, 855-400-7282. Savage. Savage, 77 WABC. Don't let anyone tell you that America isn't great. Donald Trump's got America all wrong. We are a big-hearted, fair-minded country. I can't listen to her. I can't listen to her. Okay, you know what I think of her. Uh, Let's see. America's doing great, according to the liar in the pantsuit. A record 94,708,000 Americans are not in the labor force, Hillary. Uh, More than 25 million foreign-born people are employed in the United States, Hillary. Uh, Let's see what else you missed, Hillary, in your speech writing or whoever wrote for you. Obama's jobs report is the worst in six years. Uh, Now, of course, on Martha's Vineyard, things are great. Georgetown, things are great. Manhattan's Upper Upper East Side, things are just wonderful. Los Angeles, Beverly Hills, things that could never be better. Palm Beach, things have never been better, Hillary. But, you know, once in a while you ought to get out and smell the uh, the human garbage in the streets. Once in a while you actually ought to come to San Francisco and see grown men defecating in the streets. It happened. I was walking in San Francisco a week ago near my apartment, and there was a grown man with his pants down relieving himself in in the bushes. And five EMTs had to come and and haul them away. I was shocked that they were able to do it. I said to them, how can you take care of human trash like this without getting sick? And one of them shrugged his shoulders. He was a big strapping guy. And he said, looks like a returning veteran. He said, someone's got to do the job. So now the left is saying, if Trump comes to your town, start a riot. The anti-Trump mobs, mainly Mexicans and communists, the communists are egging them on, funding them. Mexican flags being waved in your country, American flags being burned. Everyone sees this now. Meanwhile, uh, Hillary goes on and on about how great America is. As I say, America is great in the private jets. America is still great. Clean up there at 45,000 feet. It's clean on Martha's Vineyard where Obama will be this summer with uh, a rich white guys, by the way. And... Uh, See, the rich white guy's children go to schools, and their girls don't have to go to a bathroom with a grown man with a beard in it. The rich white guys that Obama hangs around with, they're not worried about carrier shipping their factory to Mexico. Listen to clip 14. Here's your president with his head in the clouds, not knowing what reality is in clip 14. And so what we have to do is to make sure that folks are trained for the job that are coming in now because some of those jobs of the past are just not going to come back. And when somebody Maybe says, like the person you just mentioned, who I'm not going to advertise for, that he's going to bring all these jobs back. Well, how exactly are you going to do that? What are you going to do? There's, the, there's no answer to it. He yes, there said, is, well, Obama. I'm going, Since I'm you've going never to- owned, you never ran a hot dog stand in your whole life. You've always been a 
a spoiled brat supported by very wealthy millionaires in Honolulu and elsewhere. Oh, no, there's a clear answer. You punish factories like Carrier who go overseas. You eliminate the EPA. You bring back the, uh, the factories. You get rid of the EEOC. You get rid of the EPA. And you let companies function in America again. And you'll see the jobs return, Obama. You understand how that works? Join the Savage Nation. Call now, 855-400-SAVAGE, 855-400-7282. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, America's most exciting radio talk show, The Savage Nation. Talk radio for the thinking person, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, Michael Savage. I try to warn you, I said it, the book was a bestseller, Stop the Coming Civil War. It was published by the same great publisher, it took a chance with me, Center Street. They did Government Zero, then Teddy and me. They didn't agree with me necessarily. In fact, uh, excuse me, I'm sure there were many at the publisher who were afraid of the book. And in Stop the Coming Civil War, I opened the book by saying, I cannot comprehend the madness of the times. Treason is in the air around us everywhere. It goes by the name of patriotism. It was written in 1861 in a letter from Thomas Corwin to Abraham Lincoln. Treason is in the air around us everywhere. It goes by the name of patriotism. The Mexicans with the Mexican flags, treason. Burning American flags, treason. Beating up women at the Trump rally, treason. Mayor of San Jose, treason. Mexican flags raised, American flags burned, treason. Female pelted with eggs, treason. San Jose mayor justifying violence, treason. Police assaulted, treason. Trump campaigners chased down like prey, treason. You've never seen anything like this in America. You know why? Because you're not looking at America. You're looking at a mirror of Barack Obama's mind. This is what he dreamed of. He's like the mad Dr. Silvana in the old Superman comics. The evil genius who dreamed of the day that there would be turmoil in the country. And so he brought in millions of people who could never, ever, ever in a million years believe a nation would let them in to their country. And here they are. It didn't start like this, did it? It started with the release of known Islamist terrorists from the Guantanamo Bay prison. It started with the National Security Agency spying by Obama. It started with the flood of tens of thousands of illegal immigrants from Central America, purposely created by the administration to overwhelm our southern borders and the Border Patrol. One extreme, extremist act after another that justified the madman's policies and actions were rationalized. And all along the way, those said anyone who opposed the madman were right-wing conspirators. Those who opposed the madman were racists. Those who opposed the madman were Obama haters. And yet those of us who have studied governments that have taken nations from freedom to fascism, we saw the handwriting on the wall for many years. 
And so I wrote this. I said, my question is this. Will the Obama inner circle of extremist left-wing radicals trigger an event that will provoke an American insurrection, even a civil war? That was the question. And I wrote, the desperate Democrats are all pursuing policies of race and class warfare as their failures and many deceits become clearer to the American people. As the war they're fighting against the freedoms promised in the U.S. Constitution materializes, they are counting on minority voters to turn out for them at the ballot box. And I said, look at these excerpts from some of their speeches to high school and college graduates. I quoted Michelle Obama. And then I quoted Attorney General Eric Holder. And then I I quoted a guy you've forgotten named Tim Geithner, a spoiled rich white boy who tried to get down with... uh, the the people in the street. And then I said there was Nancy Pelosi, a very wealthy woman, acting as if she's a member of the Occupy Wall Street movement. And I quoted her. She gave this speech at the University of California at Berkeley, my alma mater. And she said, our founders were successful disruptors of the then status quo. Being called a disruptor, in my view, is a very high compliment. You here in Berkeley are already disruptors in many ways. When he, uh, Mario Savio, whoever that bum is, and his fellow communists occupied Sproul Hall, their exercise of free speech could only travel as far as television, radio, and newspapers. Think of your possibilities, said Nancy Pelosi. Now it's all about you. And I wrote, do you understand what Pelosi is doing? She's inciting the graduating seniors from the University of California at Berkeley, an institution that was once a hotbed of free speech, but where students and faculty now fear speaking their minds to express an opinion that doesn't agree with the opinion of the maniac leftists in power. And Pelosi was inciting them to become disruptors. And I said, why would Pelosi and the First Lady and the others put out a message of class and racial division to graduating college seniors on the same weekend with Pelosi further telling her audience to go out and become disruptors? Why? I ask, why would they spread the message of racial inequality? Not to be outdone by the race painting at the time was Democrat Jay Rockefeller, who said that uh, skin color was behind the rejection of our Euro-African president's failed policies. I asked you those questions. In the summer of 2014, uh, when the Stop the Coming Civil War was just out, I made a list of the positions that led to the state that we are in right now inviting hundreds of thousands of Central American children and young adults, some of them known gang members, with distinguishing gang tattoos to enter the United States illegally and then providing food and shelter for them before sending them off to, quote, friends and relatives in other U.S. cities. That was an attempt to undermine the entire social order. What I saw was the intentional refusal to provide critical medical treatment for injured and ill-American servicemen through the veteran affairs medical system, instead catering to illegal aliens. Then I went through the list of Gitmo detainees that were released under Defense Secretary Chuck Hagel, who's now retired to a cushy job uh, in uh, Wall Street. That was a man who was Secretary of Defense, a stooge of of Obama. It was Chuck Hagel who approved the transfer of five of the most dangerous long-term Gitmo inmates to the country of Gutter in exchange for Bo Bergdahl. Remember him? Remember Bo Bergdahl, who Obama called a hero? Well, Bo Bergdahl was an American soldier who was a deserter. Six American servicemen died attempting to find and rescue this piece of garbage. 
after he fled his post as a deserter. But Obama glorified Burgle. So <clears throat> it's been going on for quite a while. It's seven and a half years of hard work by the worm in the White House who wormed his way into the presidency and undermined the very halls of freedom. And now we wake up to a presidential election that's unlike any in my lifetime. I've never seen anything like this. And we have one candidate speaks about one thing, Donald Trump, borders language culture in his own way. And then we have the other. The other one speaks about the status quo. If she wins, she wants more illegal aliens. She wants a tower of Babel in the schools. She wants the American flag taken down everywhere it appears. Maybe she'll have crosses broken off in the cemeteries, uh, veteran cemeteries, as an affront to non-Christians. We don't know. I do know what she will do. We don't know about snapping the crosses off war memorials. I think that wouldn't be her first uh, order of business. I'd say by year four, if she got away with what I'm about to tell you she's going to do, if she wins, God forbid, if she's not indicted first, uh, I know what she'll do. First thing is she's got to control freedom of speech. Just as the universities have now eliminated free speech by and large in the name of free speech, she will eliminate free speech in the name of free speech. She will then go for the Second Amendment and take away your right to bear arms, as sure as I'm standing here. The third thing will be the freedom of assembly will be eliminated. It will only be permitted if they are mobs that support her positions. Once that is done, there's virtually nothing left to do. We will all be prisoners in our own country. It's that dark. It's that, it's that dire in my mind. Now, you could say I'm, you know, speaking from the point of view of depression, which I'm not. Realism is not necessarily depression. For one minute, just think for a second. You don't have to be depressed to see reality. Now, reality can be very disturbing, but it isn't depressing. In fact, when you're under the pressure that I'm under every day, undermined from within and undermined from without, not supported on any level by anybody in the media, no one supports this man, Michael Savage. I'm not crying. I don't care. I was built to take it. I mean, I, it's okay by me. I've come a long way, baby. In fact, I, I figured with my outspokenness, I never f figured I'd get this far anyway. I never thought I'd get this far, but I told you that there are other forces in the world than you may believe. There are hidden forces that move things. M miracles happen. Moses parted the Red Sea. Maybe it's a metaphor, but he parted the Red Sea. Mir miraculous things happen. And just when you think it's all over is when it just begins. And so it's not all over. It's just beginning. Your fight just begins. You see the Mexicans waving the flags, burning American flags, beating up protesters. You see the police standing down. You see the mayor of San Jose egging on the rioters, committing, a federal, committing federal crimes and state crimes by not supporting freedom of assembly but denying it. He actually violated the civil rights of everybody who was attacked by the Mexican mobs. And frankly, it's a federal crime what he did, the mayor of San Jose. But don't expect anything to be done with Loretta Lynch in the attorney general's office. She was handpicked by none other than the sterling genius of civil liberties, Al Sharpton. Handpicked. So if you want to sound off today, which is, I don't know whether it's the first day for many of you as to what's coming. Maybe many of you don't even know what I'm talking about. I don't know where to send you. You can go to Drudge Report, michaelsavage.com. There are other sites that show the pictures of the Mexican thugs beating up Trump protesters, waving Mexican flags, beating up, uh, beating up police, yes. 
attacking females with eggs. This is just the beginning. And their hero is who? Hillary Clinton? Okay, that's the beginning. Have a nice break. I'll be back. Join the Savage Nation. Call now, 855-400-SAVAGE, 855-400-7282. Savage. Savage, 77 WABC. That third world is in to the promised land, and what do they bring with them? Do they elevate the dialogue? Do they elevate the society? I'm asking a simple question. Oh, give us your poor, your tired, and your hungry, will say the commie liberals. Give us your poor, your tired, and your hungry, and they point to the Statue of Liberty. My grandfather was an immigrant. I know what the Statue of Liberty says on it. I wasn't, I wasn't born yesterday, but it was written... By uh, I think Emma Gold, Goldman, uh, Emma Lazarus, sorry. Give us your tired, your poor, and your hungry. So they put it on the Statue of Liberty. Now, of course, it was a lie. The reason they wanted the masses of Eastern Europeans, Italians, Jews, Polish, was to work as slave labor in the factories of the East Coast, steel mills, coal uh, coal mines. And uh, they made them think that they were doing it for noble purposes. And, of course, it wasn't a welfare state then. They didn't say bring in your tired, your poor, and your hungry. We'll put them on welfare, give them an Obama phone. They can sit on their behinds and do nothing but burn an American flag. No, no, there was no welfare state at that time. little different than now. Sure, give us your tired, your poor, and your hungry. If you want to work in a factory, that we'll bring you in. That's what you wanted, 30,000 people working sewing machines in Manhattan. Maybe it was more. The tired, the poor, and the hungry. Then they went home to an apartment with 15 people living in one room. There was no welfare. Moreover, if there was welfare, the immigrant people I came from, they said they'd rather throw themselves out of a window than take a dime from the government. It was such a mark of shame. I remember hearing it. I remember them saying in whispered terms, and they were not rich people. They were quite poor. They said we'd rather throw ourselves off a fire escape than take any welfare when we came here, and there was no welfare. They had self-respect. So why would you bring in people who hate the country, many of whom are diseased? Let me name the diseases. Let's see. TB was once almost eradicated in America. Tuberculosis is back. Measles, there is a measles epidemic. Measles was almost eradicated. Chagas' disease was almost nonexistent in the United States of America. All brought in by our dear friends from south of the border who are coming in unscreened where these diseases are endemic. Now, of course, the people at the CDC should be telling you this. Thomas Frieden. Frieden. Thomas Frieden should be telling you this. But he is the Lysenko of our time. Those of you who read Government Zero know who Lysenko is. Those of you who have not read it don't know who Lysenko is. Frieden, the other one, Fauci, another great genius of the NIH. They should be telling you the truth about the dangers they're putting you in by being stooges of Obama's illegitimate illegal immigration policies. But they're not going to tell you that. That's how they keep their their uh, Armani suits nicely pressed in the closet. That's how they afford vacations uh, to beautiful tropical places, is to study tropical diseases. Now, they study a little bit on the side. That's how it works in the science communities. You get a grant, $500,000 to go to Thailand to study elephants, or I don't know, whatever they study. But they, they spend three minutes studying the elephant, 
and the rest of the time is on on the beach at Phuket. So that's the world that we live in. So what do we do about it? I don't know. You have some answers. I do. I have answers to every question there is. I have an answer to every question you can raise. Not even just complaining. You don't want the jobs leaving? The, the doofus in the White House says, well, there's nothing you could do. They're just not coming back. Oh, they'll come back. When Trump becomes president, unless the election is stolen, when Trump becomes president, you can make those jobs come back before they even leave. A, you eliminate the EEOC. That's number one. It's a job-killing organization. It does nothing whatsoever except sue businesses for trying to be successful. And the EEOC, eliminate it. Gone. EPA, get rid of 95% of the bureaucrats in the EPA. Leave standing only that element of the Environmental Protection Agency that actually does a fair job of protecting the environment and is not used as a political tool to destroy businesses and factories. And businesses, by the way. You eliminate those organizations and you tell companies like Carrier that if you leave, we're going to raise taxes on all your products coming into this country. We'll put a triple, a triple, uh, whatever, tariff on your products into America. That's number one. You're going to get punished if you leave this country and leave 30,000 American workers stranded. If you come back, though, we'll give you a tax break. Not only will we get the EEOC off your back, not only will we get the EPA off your back, we'll get the unions off your back, we'll let you build those air conditioners in America again. You can hire 30,000 people virtually in a month. can be hired. America will start humming again. Now wait until you see what this country can do. If only we had a leader who drew us together and loved America instead of a backstabbing psychotic. And the best is yet to come. I'll be right back. Join the Savage Nation. Call now, 855-400-SAVAGE. All right, my friends, let's get down to brass tacks. Saving a nation with nationalism. Saving a nation with nationalism was one of the key themes of my great best-selling book, Government Zero. It's an important book. Many of you know the book and have the book. But rather than just toss it it onto the heap of yesterday's books, some books actually outlive their publishing season, unlike movies, where you have one weekend to make it, and if it doesn't make it, the movie's you know, basically goes to whatever they put it in, I don't know, Netflix, wherever. But ideas live on beyond a a sales cycle. And so when I published the book, I called for a nationalist immigration plan. And what I wrote was why the progressives have allowed this country to devolve, why they're flooding us with illegal aliens from Mexico primarily. And I said it's part of their agenda. They want to transform America from a constitutional republic based on English common law traditions, Judeo-Christian values, and Western European customs. Let me repeat that. Underline it with your magic marker. Western European customs into a secular social democracy based on atheism, multiculturalism, and Marxist economic principles. That Mexican immigrants are more socially conservative and devoted to God, family, and a strong work ethic might be one reason why the Obama administration is bringing in far more Muslims, Asians, and Caribbean Islanders than he is Hispanics. I don't know if you knew that. 
While all immigrants, including Hispanics, tend to vote Democrat, Muslim immigrants are far less likely to assimilate into American culture than Hispanics. As we've seen, Muslim refugees in particular have completely refused to assimilate, forming self-contained Muslim communities like Little Mogadishu in Minnesota, in which potential sleeper cells are constantly being formed. Now, none of this would come as a shock to my listeners, uh, even if they hadn't heard this before. And what they didn't, what you don't understand is that <clears throat> is why the Republican Party, even when the Republican Party held the White House, the Senate, and the House of Reps for six straight years, failed to even slow down the flood of Ill- illegal immigrants. And I wrote, knowing why the progressives are desperate to get them in and eventually give them the vote, knowing that even legal immigrants vote Democrat, why would they not act in their self-interest and stop it, meaning the Republicans? The answer is the same as for why they support a lopsided trade deal. They're not a nationalist party. They are simply a pro-business party. And low-skilled immigrant pro- immigrants provide a source of cheap labor for their corporate sp- supporters. The Republicans, I wrote, are so bought and sold by these special interests that they will actually stand by and watch their own demographic destruction before doing anything that might shave a penny off next year's corporate profits. This is why Larry Ellison, one of the world's richest men, supports Marco Rubio, which he did at the time, a shallow man willing to open the floodgates to as many H-1B visas as possible, permitting Ellison, Zuckerberg, and Gates to bring in more foreign tech workers just to lower their labor costs. That's who, that's who little Marco was a front man for. And then I went on to why we needed a nationalist immigration policy. And then I said, does that mean we never take in refugees or those seeking a better life in America than is available in their home country? Absolutely not. When you think about it, nobody seeks to immigrate unless the opportunities here are better than at home. But there is a finite number of people who can be admitted into the country in any given year, regardless of how efficiently the government agencies work. That means there are choices to make on who to admit and who we cannot admit, at least for now. And then I go on to talking about nationalist liberals, and I ask if there's any chance to work within the Democrat Party. Most of you think no. But I I differed. I said, I'm not talking about the Democrat Party. I'm talking about Democrat voters. And I said this, and listen carefully. I believe a nationalist movement would attract what is either a majority or a significant minority of Democratic voters who are not socialists, and who do not seek to destroy society and remake it in a progressive image. I believe this group of Democrats who identify as liberal simply do not see in the Republican Party, as as it exists today, a recognition of the individual's responsibility to society that is so vital a part of a nationalist movement. I don't blame them, I wrote. I don't see it either. This is before Trump came along. And then I wrote this, and this is the most important paragraph, then I'll take your calls. I believe a nationalist movement would attract a lot. Let me start again. I believe a nationalist movement would attract large numbers of this group. They are blue collar Democrats who aren't interested in socialism or forced multiculturalism. They just don't want to live in an America where they are completely sold out to multinational corporations who have no obligation to the nation they are helping to build. They want to live in the kind of America their parents and grandparents grew up in, where there is economic freedom, opportunity, and personal liberty, tempered by a duty to preserve the nation that makes all of that possible. Once they understand 
the nationalist platform, I believe many of them will join us without hesitation. And then I go into why Bush was the opposite of a nationalist. He was a, um, a globalist. That's why he invaded Afghanistan. But let's put Bush aside. And let's go into America right now, where I say to you that most Americans, whether they vote Republican or Democrat, want our military to be used only when it is necessary for our national defense. They don't want to sacrifice lives or treasure to right every wrong in the world or promote democracy in third world backwaters whose inhabitants burn our flag. When the military is deployed, they want them given the tools and strategy they need to win decisively and come back home. In other words, they want a nationalist approach to foreign policy. In my 40 actions to save America with specific actions, I can read them. There's not a complaint today. I'm not complaining. I have a plan. Page 313 of the most important book of your generation, Government Zero. One, start a nationalist party. Two, close the borders completely for seven years. Did you hear that one? Then you wouldn't see the Mexicans rioting in San Jose anymore with their flags and burning our flag. Close the borders completely for seven years. Number three, deport all illegal aliens in American prisons. Exceeds two million prisoners. One-third of the prison population are illegal aliens. They're not American citizens. We don't have to support them. Deport them. Four, repeal the anchor babies law. That's not really a law. But right now, any illegal alien who sneaks across our border or is ushered in by the maniac in the White House, if she dumps a baby on our soil, that baby automatically has citizenship. And then mommy has citizenship. And then grandpa has citizenship. And then dozens of them come crawling over to join the family. Five, make English the official language of the United States. Mandate English for all legal and political transactions, including voting. If you can't read English, you can't vote, period. Require all government employees to be able to speak, read, and write English fluently. Six, require government-issued identification to vote. This seems like a no-brainer. It won't guarantee the voter is a citizen, but at least it confirms he or she is alive. Because dead voters, you see, overwhelmingly vote progressive. That's only six of 40 points in saving a nation with nationalism from my book, Government Zero. And now I'll go to the callers on the Savage Nation. Cindy on WJR in Detroit, go ahead, please. Um, yes, I feel that the governors should uh, take over the states and send the National Guardians to protect people that want to uh, see Trump at these rallies uh, because it's getting worse, and if something isn't done, it's hard telling what somebody's going to end up dead. So what's your answer then? Uh, the governors should send the National Guard into these Trump rallies to protect the innocent. Well, I don't know if that's smart because what it would signal to the average voter is that Trump is inciting the riot rather than the Mexicans and the communists behind them. So I'd, I'd oppose the National Guard. I would suggest that Trump supporters, the big burly men who I mentioned earlier, show up there uh, with leather jackets, motorcycles, trucks, whatever it takes, and create a barrier around the convention halls. 
And then let's see how brave these punks are with their Mexican flags who beat up women and throw eggs at them. The police won't do their job. I don't know if the police even want to do their job. I don't know if they can do their job. I mean, I don't know who to blame. But the mayor, the mayor of San Jose, for example, committed a crime by blaming the Trump, uh, those who went to the Trump rally. The time here is running very short, and it's Friday. It's 44 minutes after the hour in the Savage Nation. America is, frankly, up in arms over the Mexican mobs. They finally see the face of hate. And no, it's not coming from the Trump supporters. They know where it's coming from. It's coming from the radical left or the left itself who are using the street goons as their shock troops, as I predicted they would, both in Government Zero and Stop the Coming Civil War. I'll be right back. Join the Savage Nation. Call now, 855-400-SAVAGE, 855-400-7282. Savage. Hey. Savage, 77 WABC. So when we talk about the different attributes, I mean, you look at the word tone, but I'll use a different word. Bernie Sanders said that Hillary Clinton has bad judgment. She has bad judgment. You know, we're in a Donald Trump is speaking in Fresno, which is not really far from where I am broadcasting. I am not there. China is not. But a Reading, sorry. But when is it a presidential hopeful's fault? And when is it a responsibility of a presidential candidate uh, for the acts of violent Mexicans and others to be assaulting supporters while burning the American flag? Where is it written that the mayor of a large city like San Jose has the, uh, uh, the right to support the thugs and the criminals and not be, frankly, tried for the crime he committed? By aiding and abetting the mobs, he committed a crime against the presidential hopeful. I'm not hopeful that he'll be arrested and tried for that because we don't have an attorney general who understands uh, that the law should apply equally to all. But we know that the illegals are now running wild in the streets, and they're being organized by various and sundry groups. groups. I want to ask you, what country is this? Zero immigration, government zero. Yes, I'm going to read from it. Sometimes what I wrote is clearer than what I say. I asked, Obama has flooded America with Africans, Middle Easterners, and Chinese over the past three years. Europeans need not apply for citizenship. You can see now what he meant when he promised to transform America. While Mexicans remain the largest immigrant population in the United States, the progressive Islamist administration has managed to increase immigration from the Middle East, Asia, and the Caribbean the most. Overall, the number of immigrants living in the United States legally and illegally is an all-time high of 41 million people. It's closer to 50 right now. It wasn't too long ago that America was still a first-world nation, which led the world in commerce and military might. Despite the decades of progressive assault, private property, free enterprise, Judeo-Christian values, and respect for law and order still dominated American culture. English was the first and only language and immigrants enthusiastically learned to read, write, and speak it in an attempt to become Americans. Upon these pillars was built the freest, richest, most powerful nation in human history. Today, the entire foundation of American society is under assault by a progressive Islamist alliance that hasn't neglected reshaping our entire immigration policy. We're no longer a land of opportunity for ambitious, talented immigrants looking to escape social democracies 
with large welfare states. We're now a land of government handouts for waves of immigrants, both legal and illegal, who come here for the generous welfare benefits our progressive government keeps increasing. We're also a target for Islamofascists who are actively infiltrating our free and open society. Look at what the immigration policies of just a few decades have done, and I give you the facts. And then I write this. Unlike previous waves of immigrants, this current wave coming from south of our border, boy, was I a prophet. Unlike previous waves of immigrants, this current wave coming from south of our border does not consider learning English or assimilating into American culture a responsibility that goes along with immigrating. This wave of immigrants from south of the border have demanded and received accommodations in their own language. Today, Americans have to press one for English if they want service in the language in which the Constitution is written. Some of them even consider their immigration here a re reconquista. I warned you about La Raza. I warned you about La Raza for 20 straight years. I told you what they wanted to do. Now the flags are waved yesterday outside the Trump rally saying, get out of our country, this is Mexico. I warned you who they were. I read Aslan's literature 20 years ago on this radio show. I read your La Raza's literature for 20 straight years, and your devious, backstabbing, psychotic president had the nerve to bring the head of La Raza into the White House itself, into the halls of Congress itself, into the power center of the United States, and he put Cecilia Munoz, the head of La Raza, into the White House. And now her armies are in the streets burning American flags because they believe the land which once belonged to their Spanish-speaking invaders is uh, theirs. Well, regardless of what you may think of the Mexicans who rioted last night, they're at least open and honest about one thing. They aren't looking to assimilate into American culture. They're looking to assimilate the territory they settle into Mexican or Spanish culture. Language is only the tip of the iceberg. Along with language, we're importing people with different political ideas. You see, they come from largely socialist countries and are unlike previous waves of immigrants in that they don't necessarily come to get away from socialism. Oh, no. On the contrary, their voting patterns suggest that they're attracted to the more generous welfare benefits that are available at home. That's where I'll pause right now. It's on page 160 of Government Zero. I worked very hard to write that book. You can read it if you want. I don't have to repeat what I wrote. It's there in black and white. It's set in stone. I don't take back one word. I'm a prophet. I have been a prophet. I was appointed to be a prophet from birth. I am on the radio to be a prophetic voice. And so, my friends, I bid you goodbye and I bid you hello. Right here on the Savage Nation, home not only of borders, language, and culture, but the very survival of West civilization. Join the Savage Nation. Call now, 855-400-SAVAGE, 855-400-7282. Savage. Sarah figured out that by switching to Metro PCS, she gets two free smartphones. Your barbecue ribs are the best. Take the rest home with you, Sarah. Just like she figured out that by visiting her in-laws, she doesn't have to cook for the rest of the week. You, too, figure it out. Get two free 4G LTE smartphones from top brands like Samsung and LG after instant rebate when you switch. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included. See store or metropcs.com for details and terms and conditions.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.